so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Welcome to the show. This is Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. Welcome. Starring myself, Andrew. And I'm along for a partial ride. My name is Mary. So thank you for listening to our verbal journey. So what is your national day today? Oh, my November 11th. This is so cool because this is Veterans Day, which didn't always used to be called Veterans Day. Oh. No. In 1919, it was started as Armistice Day. Ooh, Armistice. That yes. just is a fun word to say. President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed November 11th as Armistice Day in 1919. And he declared it for all people who, all service people who had died in service. Oh, so we're not supposed to honor the living ones? We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Okay. In 1945, President Eisenhower declared it Veterans Day and made it so that it celebrated all veterans, living and passed away, uh-huh. which I think is really cool. That's very nice of him. And in 1938, Congress made it a national holiday, which is why many people don't have to work on Veterans Day and they get paid for it, which is not myself. <laughs> not me either. I still have to work on Veterans Day. So, to all the veterans out there, thank you very much. We appreciate your service. Thank you so very much. We appreciate your service. We do. What do you got for us? My National Day today, because there's only two of them, is National Sunday Day. So, the way you observe National Sunday Day, I think is self-explanatory. You watch football? No. You go to church. No. You um, you visit grandma. You no. go to grandma's for dinner. No. What else do you do on Sunday? You eat I a nap. Sunday. I nap. You oh. eat a Sunday. I eat a Sunday. <gasps> oh, that either by yourself Sunday. or with a friend. Oh, that's fun. The oldest known Sunday. Day. No Sunday. Okay. Is it still around? The oldest known record of a Sunday is from Ithaca, New York. And the reason they are credited with this is because there is actually evidence to prove that it happened. There's another town that claims to have originally created the Sunday, but they have zero proof. Okay. That's cool. So all you When it was originally... Released in New York, Ithaca, New York. (laughs) There was an ad in the newspaper on October 25th. I didn't get the year. My bad. And they spelled it like the day of the week. (gasps) Oh, so it originally was spelled like Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Okay. Yes, I guess. So, yeah, just you can either make an ice cream sundae or you can go out and enjoy one with your friends. And if you want to combine them, you can enjoy a veteran and a sundae. 
I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. You are a chicken. Nope. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, mummy dearest, what are you pouring for us today? We are having hazelnut cream coffee today. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Yeah. She just poured it for me, so I'm not going to take a drink right this second. So our coffee today comes from the New England Coffee Company, which I happen to find a lot of flavors there that I really like. Uh, I am super hopeful. Well, good. Good. Not too often we have a bad cup of coffee together. No, very rarely. But you always find very interesting flavors, and quite often you find flavors that uh, are pretty strong. I like strong, bold coffee, though. But I also like to go to those little out-of-the-way places that you just don't know what you're going to expect when you walk in the door and then you walk out with a couple little treasures. The hole in the walls? Yeah, the hole in the walls. We found one of those last year, and it was amazing. Okie dokie. So, uh, are we ready to get to today's story? No, we're not. Okay, fine. We won't. Okay, so... Here's my question to you, okay? Halloween's over. Yeah. Election's over. Mm-hmm. What comes next? Food. Christmas. Thanksgiving. Christmas. No, no, we're going to skip Thanksgiving. No, we're not. We're not skipping. No, we are not skipping Thanksgiving. That is food, and I'm fat. People are already putting up their Christmas trees. Is that, that not insane? Yes, it that is. Yeah, I say no, that every year. That is insane. No. I think it's crazy when you... Well, I shouldn't say right after Thanksgiving because maybe I've done that once or twice, but Halloween's over and you're putting up your tree. That's crazy. Insane. Yeah, it's insane. I will have to agree with you on that. That is totally insane. Anything else you'd like to touch on? Um, Probably, but nothing that comes to mind right now. Does that scare you a little? No. It scares me a little bit. It kind of actively excites me. <laughs> so, <coughs> all right, what do you think of your coffee now that it's cooled off a little bit? It is absolutely delicious. The hazelnut is is a very strong flavor. Definitely taste the hazelnut. It's not just yeah. like a hint of hazelnut. No, this is a very strong hazelnut flavor. Yeah, I really enjoy smooth. it. Yes. And I like that. And I'm not a big hazelnut person. I buy it for you. I don't buy that for me. If it were up to me, I would never have hazelnut in my house, but I have hazelnut in multiple spots because one of us drinks hazelnut, so I go along with that. So you don't like hazelnut? It's okay. All right, now let me rephrase this. Let me start this over. I always did not think I liked hazelnut. I always thought I didn't like Irish cream either. I don't know about the Irish cream because we haven't gone there yet, but I actually do like this hazelnut coffee. But for some reason, I've always thought I didn't like hazelnut. Well, I think it's absolutely Good. delicious. Yeah. I didn't say I had to make any sense. No. Good y- thing. Okay. So are we prepared All right. to start would our story today? Would you like to learn something you didn't know you needed to know? I would love to n- learn something I didn't need to know, Mom. All righty, then. We're going to talk about... The very first Summer Olympics. 
Okay. All right. Do you watch the Olympics when they're held every four years? I do not. Okay. I don't pay much attention to them either. But Let's be fair. I'm not a sports guy. Unfortunately, they didn't televise these ones because I would have gone back and watched every minute of footage I could find. So wait, you just had to take their word for it that that who they say won and I is who won? I saw some pictures too. I did. I saw some pictures too. So I read. I read a bunch of articles. I don't remember how I found this. This idea on how to uh, on writing this one, but <coughs> we're gonna call it the 1904 marathon endurance or debacle. You know it's gonna be good when you're reading it and you're laughing out loud. You know it's going to be good. I think that's a big nightmare of most men is whether or not they're going to have endurance or if it's going to be a debacle. Or if the woman's going to laugh out loud. <laughs> that would be the debacle. <laughs> Don't laugh out loud, ladies. It's not polite. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Never had that problem. Go on. <laughs> the 1904. Summer Olympics was officially known as the Games of the Olympiad. It was an international multi-sport event which was celebrated in St. Louis, Missouri, home of the Golden Arches, and we're not talking about McDonald's. They held the Olympics from August 29th to September 3rd in 1904. If we're not talking about McDonald's, what Golden Arches are we talking about? The Golden Arches of St. Louis, Missouri. They actually do have, when you go, when you enter the city, they really have these, they make McDonald's arches look tiny. I've never heard of them. Yeah. I've seen them. I had pictures of them. Okay. Uh, this was the first time that the Olympic Games were actually held outside Europe. Tensions caused by the Russo-Japanese War and the difficulty of getting to St. Louis in 1904 possibly could have contributed to the fact that very few top-ranked athletes from outside the U.S. and Canada came and took part in these games. Only 62 of the 651 athletes that showed up and competed came from outside North America. So Talk about stacking the odds? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem fair. When I read you this story, nothing's going to really <laughs> seem fair. Okay. You have, I mean, you can't even know. I mean, you know, like last week we talked about, <laughs> hang on, we're going for a ride. I don't care if you have a seatbelt, a tether, a parachute. I don't think you're ready for this ride. I don't think so. So the current three medal format, the gold, the silver, and the bronze, and those stand for the first, second, third places, that was actually introduced at the 1904 Olympics. That's when they started that. So some of the sports that they had were archery, athletics, cycling, football, gymnastics, lacrosse, roke, tennis, tug of war, weightlifting, wrestling, boxing, fencing, golf, rowing, diving, swimming, and water polo. Like Marco Polo? Like the, the during the Olympic Games are just like Marco. I polo. doubt that that's exactly the version that they were playing of water polo, but I'm thinking it probably would have been more fun. I don't know a hell of a lot about the Olympics. <laughs> I've seen them. <coughs> the water sports were actually held at the lake that was located in Forest Park. 
During the water polo events, several of the cattle from a World's Fair livestock exhibit were allowed to enter the water at the far end of the lake. When cattle enter the water, they leave behind debris, the kind of debris that can cause serious illness in humans. Within a year, four of the athletes that had taken part of the water polo died of typhus. Typhus is a disease that is caused by an infection with one or more rickettsial bacteria. I'm not sure how to say that, but that's what it looks like. This bacteria is similar to the bacteria that causes the bubonic plague. So we let cattle in the water. They did their thing. We then said, hey, athletes, come on in. We're, gonna, we're all going to have these events in the water, and even if you win, you die. So it's okay. <laughs> Well, at least fish having sex in the water doesn't kill people. It's a total different kind of bacteria. I understand that. I'm just saying. The bubonic plague, which I mentioned, was also known as the Black Death, which was the deadliest pandemic that was recorded in human history. The Black Death resulted in the deaths of up to 75 million people in Eurasia and North Africa, and it was in a four-year span. Nowadays, less than 2% of these kind of infections are actually deadly. Okay, so we, you know, just put the athletes in the water here, and then the cows and the cattle are over here, and they mix up, and people die. So America's first Olympics may have been its worst, and if not its worst, at least its most bizarre. Because cows poop in water. That's just the beginning. Okay. So we're going to talk about the marathon that was run at the 1904 Olympics. A few of the runners were recognized marathoners, but the majority of the field was composed of middle-distance runners and assorted oddities. You had your Americans, San Milner, A.L. Newton, John Lorden, Michael Spring, and Thomas Hicks, who were all experienced marathoners. They were among the favorites. Another American, Fred Lortz, did all his training at night because he had a day job as a bricklayer. He earned his spot in the Olympics by placing in a special five-mile race that was sponsored by the Amateur Athletic Union. Among the leading oddities were 10 Greeks who had never run a marathon, two men of the Taswana tribe of South Africa who were in St. Louis as part of the South African World Fair exhibit. They were actually part of an exhibit and they decided to be in the Olympics. They arrived at the starting line barefoot. He's holding his head by now. It gets better. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't have something. Talk about stacking the odds in your favor. Jeez, America, can you be any worse? They had a Cuban national and former mailman <laughs> named Felix Carbajal who raised money to come to the United States by demonstrating his running prowess through Cuba. Upon his arrival, he lost all his money in a dice game. <laughs> oh dear he God. had to walk <sighs> and hitchhike to St. Louis. <laughs> at five feet tall, he presented a slight but striking figure at the starting line. He was attired in a long, White shirt, long dark pants, a beret, and a pair of street shoes. 
Another fellow Olympian took pity, found a pair of scissors, and cut his trousers all the way up to the knee. You could have warned me that we should have been drinking alcohol tonight and not coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I told you to hang on for the ride. You're going to need more than a seatbelt for this one because it gets better. Yeah, a glass of bourbon or scotch or something. Or a bottle. Or a case. So you have all the Olympians are at the starting line. The one dude now has his pants cut up into shorts. Ten of them are barefoot. One's a mailman, one's a bricklayer. Some of them never ran. And one hitchhiked his way all the way there. Talk about dedication. Dedication. You got it. So on August 30th, at precisely 3.03 p.m., David Francis, who was president of the Louisiana Purchase Exposition Company, he fired the starting pistol. The men were off. Heat and humidity soared into the 90s. And the 25-mile course, which one fair official called the most difficult a human being was ever asked to run, wound across roads inches deep in mud. There were seven hills varying from 100 to 300 feet high, some with brutally long ascents. In many places, cracked stone was strewn across the roadway, creating perilous footing, and the men had to constantly dodge cross-town traffic, delivery wagons... Railway trains. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Trolley cars. (laughs) And people walking their dogs. (laughs) There were only two places where the athletes could secure fresh water. There was a water tower at six miles, and there was a roadside well at 12 miles. So one was a quarter of the way through. The second one was halfway through. After that, you're You're just SOL. You're SOL. (laughs) Nice. Cars carrying coaches and physicians motored alongside the runners, kicking the dust up, making the runners cough. So Fred Lords led the 32 starters from the gun. But by the first mile, Thomas Hicks edged ahead. William Garcia of California nearly became the first fatality of an Olympic marathon when he collapsed on the side of the road. He was hospitalized with hemorrhaging. The dust had coated his esophagus and ripped his stomach lining. I'm going to be hospitalized for hemorrhaging. (laughs) John Lorden suffered a bout of vomiting, and he gave up. Len Tao, one of the South African participants, was chased a mile off course by wild dogs. I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> Shall we continue? Yeah. No. I don't know. <laughs> Gets better. Awesome. <laughs> Felix Caraval trotted along in his cumbersome shoes, his billowing shirt, making good time, even though he paused to stop and talk with the spectators in broken English. On one occasion, he stopped at a car. He saw that the occupants were eating peaches, and he said, can I have one? And they said no. So he stole two, and he ate them as he ran. A bit farther along the course, he stopped at an orchard, and he snacked on apples. Laying on the ground, they were not fresh. They were rotten. 
they gave him stomach cramps. And so he lay down and he took a nap. <laughs> it's probably the guy who won the race. Sam Miller, now in the lead, he also experienced severe cramping. He slowed to a walk and he eventually stopped. At the nine-mile mark, cramps also plagued Lors, who decided to hitch a ride in one of the accompanying automobiles, waving at the spectators and his fellow runners as he drove by. <laughs> I don't think that's how you do a marathon. <laughs> Hicks. <laughs> We're not to the good part yet. Where the hell was a referee for all of this? <laughs> I told you, hang on. It's going to be a rough ride. Hicks, one of the early Af American favorites, came under the care of a two-man support crew at the 10-mile mark. He begged them for a drink, but they refused. Instead, they sponged out his mouth with warm distilled water. Seven miles from the finish, his two-man crew, which were also known as his handlers, fed him a concoction of strychnine and egg whites, the first recorded instance of drug use in the modern Olympics. Strychnine, in small doses, was commonly used as a stimulant, and at that time there were no rules about performance-enhancing drugs. You know strychnine is a poison, though, right? I didn't strychnine know. Is a poison. Oh. So they mixed strychnine and eggs whites. Eggs whites. Eggs whites, and they washed out his mouth with it. Meanwhile, Loritz, who was recovered from his cramps, emerged from his 11-mile ride in the automobile. One of Hicks' handlers saw him, and he ordered him off the course. But Loritz, he started running. He kept running, and he finished with a time of just under three hours. The crowd roared, and they began to chant. An American one. An American one. Alice Roosevelt. Because he cheated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he cheated. Much <laughs> like, uh, oh. He big time cheated. <laughs> oh. We're not done. So at the finish line, Alice Roosevelt, who was the 20-year-old daughter of President Theodore Roosevelt, placed a wreath upon Lourdes' head, and he was, and was just about to lower the gold medal around his neck. This is the guy who showed up in the car. When someone called him an called an indignant halt to the proceedings and charged Lortz with being an imposter, and the cheers turned to boos. Lortz smiled and claimed he never intended to accept the honor. He finished only for the sake of a joke. Let's that I understand. Let's go back to Hicks, the one who got poisoned by his handlers. Yep. Hicks, the strychnine coursing through his blood, had grown ashen and limp. When he heard that Lortz had been disqualified, he perked up and he forced his legs into a trot. And his trainers gave him another dose. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> they gave him another dose of strychnine and egg whites. And this time they gave him brandy to wash it down. <laughs> so not only is he drunk, but he's poisoned twice. He's been poisoned. If it is a stimulant, then, you know, now he's really awake and drunk. Which is strychnine's a poison. <laughs> you said it's also a stimulant. They said it was a stimulant. 
I can't imagine. Stimulates you to die? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Okay. All right. So, you know, they give him another dose. They give him some egg whites. Here, have some brandy. Swallow it all down. You'll be just fine. They fetched some warm water. They soaked his body and his head. And after the bathing, he appeared to revive and he quickened his pace. Over the last two miles of the road, race official Charles Lucas said, Hicks was running mechanically like a well-oiled piece of machinery. His eyes were dull and lusterless. The ashen color of his face and his skin had deepened. His arms appeared as weights well tied down. He could scarcely scarcely lift his legs, and his knees were almost stiff. He also at that time began hallucinating. (laughs) (laughs) He believed that the finish line was still 20 miles away. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Are you sure this isn't a Hannah Barber? A Hannah Barbera? That one, thank you. (laughs) No, I'm not sure, because we're not quite done with him yet. All right, so he's hallucinating. He's drunk. He's poisoned twice. In the last mile, he begged for something to eat. Of course. So let's poison him a third time. Then he begged to lie down. They gave him more brandy. They gave him more egg whites and strychnine. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't eat brandy. He walked And wait a minute. (laughs) In what world is brandy a good hydrating drink? This is 1904. I get that okay do you want to give them water out of the lake that killed olympians by the sounds of it he's going to die anyway (laughs) (laughs) at least he would be hydrated and dying that is very true so he walked up the first of the last two hills he jogged down on the incline swinging into the stadium he tried to run but he was actually just reduced to a graceless shuffle I mean, because he's been given brandy twice. He's been poisoned three times. His trainers carried him over the line, holding him over their heads while his feet still moved back and forth. (laughs) 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 He was declared the winner. (laughs) Wait a minute, but he didn't actually finish the marathon. No, but we have one guy in the orchard passed out from eating rotten apples. We have another guy. Who's been chased by wild <laughs> dogs. We got a guy who took a car. <laughs> Taxi! I need to get to the end of the marathon. It took four doctors and an hour for him to feel well enough just to leave the grounds. He lost eight pounds running this marathon. So for those of you looking to lose weight, mm-hmm. go ahead, poison yourself, and run a marathon. Don't forget to drink the And brand. drink brandy. Yes. Drinking brandy is a good di- dietary supplement. Who knew? <laughs> Don't take me at my word there guys (laughs) (laughs) he declared never in my life have I run such a tough course the terrific hills would simply tear a man to pieces Hicks and Lortz would meet again at the Boston Marathon the following year which Lortz won without the aid of anything but his legs remember Lortz is the guy in the automobile Yeah. well yeah he had to prove everybody wrong that he could in fact run a marathon yeah and that is the story of the 1904 marathon. I have nothing. <laughs> I've just... Highly unusual for Andrew. Hanna-Barbera cartoon is all I can think I of. I don't even think they could come up with that. I don't think they could match that. No. No, I got nothing. Just nothing. It's all you. I, 
I have a sister that runs, and I don't in my memory remember her talking about anything remotely resembling any of that. And she, she runs marathons. she ever been chased by wild dogs? To my knowledge, not in a marathon. Nor has she had to dodge passenger trains, bystanders, people walking their dogs, are you telling cars. me? Are you telling me that America is more organized now? That I think that makes it a little less fun. It does. But the idea that America was less organized than it is now... Just seems totally impossible. Totally befuddles your mind. It does. It? it does. I've got nothing. <laughs> I did it. I can retire now. <laughs> I silenced him. <laughs> no, silent is a strong word, but yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> so that is our super fun story of the 1904 marathon. I really kind of wish somebody had televised it because that would have been amazing, amazing to watch. Well, if it was televised, I don't know how much of that stuff would have actually happened. I don't know. Maybe all of it. But maybe the I'm just, of it is wi- just maybe it's just wishful thinking that, you know, America had some sense at some point, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. It was it was th- it was a lot of fun researching that one. It was a lot of fun. So we ask that if you have any suggestions, ideas, or comments, that you feel free. Feel free. Give us ideas for stories. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. That's how we're going to improve on this. Or you can just continue to be silent, and we can continue to irritate the crap out of you until you change <laughs> to a different podcast. <laughs> Even if we have... No listeners, we're still going to do this. Oh, absolutely. This is so much fun. So, thank you to all of those who stopped by and lent us their ear. We hope you enjoyed your story today. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. Or you can also find us at Gmail, T-M-S-I-D-N-T-K at gmail.com. And Twitter. At T-M-S-I-D-N-T-K. Those are the initials of the title, if anybody can't figure that out. Takes me a while. I know it does. It's okay. Senility's natural. Feels good. I bet it does. Feels very good. (laughs) If you enjoyed your shortstop with us today, please feel free to follow the podcast and leave us a rating and a review. You can find us on Anchor and Spotify and Breaker. You can find us on Google Podcasts and Pocket Casts and Radio Public. This podcast is co-hosted by myself, Andrew, and my mom, Mary. All editing is done by myself, Andrew, and the cover art was done by my mom. Mary. (laughs) Try really hard, guys, not to roll your eyes out loud. (laughs) Have a great night. Bye.